My favorite TV shows, man, the Sports Center, ESPN News, Pardon Interruption, um, Around the Horn, um, Quite Frankly, um, Outside the Lines, uh, uh, Baseball Tonight. Yeah, I mean, I watch sports, dog. It's basically, that's what I'm trying to say. I watch sports, man. That's what I'm into. Sports, sports, sports. Every sport. Hockey, golf, basketball, football, of course. Baseball. You know what I mean? I got a favorite team, a favorite player in every single sport. I'm not going to answer those questions. Let's go. Yeah. Back the band, what up? Back the band, That was my fault. Shout the boogie, bro. Boogie, 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 it's Gates the Grills, you bastard! Cover my tracks like butter, so where the bread be? I see beef is dead meat. Who that yes. the president? Yeah, me. No one scare me. And you ain't gotta double dare me. Hear me. Welcome into the Spectrum. It's your boy, All Day AJ King. And I got my guy with me per usual. It's Jordan Plane coming to me from the 215. What's good, Jordan? What's good, AJ? How you feeling? I'm I'm actually pretty good. You know, like I got a new team. I know I always got a new team, y'all. I'm, I'm, I'm not quite as bad as AJ because, like, AJ will hop on the team and then, like, be hard on that team. I'm, like, week week to week, I got a new favorite team. You're, like, die easy. You're you're more die easy than me. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, like, I I, I was born in Philly, so we we invented the, uh, <laughs> the Fairweather fans. Oh, my so, God. Uh, so, uh, my new team this week is the Bucks. And we're going to get into the Bucks today, too. Like, I'm, I'm excited that you brought them up. The only undefeated team left in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they beat the Raptors. Granted, Toronto did not have Kawhi in that game, and Milwaukee mm-hmm. did not have Giannis in that game. So it's kind of a scrap, but they played they play the Boston Celtics tonight. You think you think your Bucks are going to get the W? <laughs> yeah, I think my Bucks got it. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really high on the Bucks. I just love... I've always loved love Giannis. Like I've been, I've been very high on Giannis since he's been in the league. I, I, I even without a without a uh, jump shot, I've been, been like, you know, this is a guy who I can trust, who can um, <laughs> who who who's gonna be able to do it. Then he comes out ripped. He comes out ripped in preseason, and now he's just he not, he's working in, in uh, Bud's uh, system. He's making he's making everything uh, happen for me. So this is what that's why. The, and then Chris Middleton, who's a very slept on player, I think he should be getting more uh, talk. Um, uh, my I believe I I don't I hate when I don't remember who said something because Twitter is just like never ending nonstop info coming at you. Mm-hmm. But uh, somebody made the comparison to from Chris Middleton that this was like Clay Thompson's renaissance when Steve Kerr came to the Warriors. Like, every, yeah. everything finally clicked for, for Clay yeah. Thompson, and yeah. it seems to be that way for Chris Middleton that's now. A, that's, a, that's a very, very good um, very, very good quote. I, I, I really think that Chris Middleton is a, a very good player. He's always been a good player. I just think that he could not shine under Jason Kidd. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not sure anybody really could shine under him. I do still think Jason Kidd was really good for Giannis. Um, by the way, this is episode 41 of The Spectrum. You can follow us at The Spectrum Pod. And we're, oh, we're here. And we're presented by Wegren Enterprises, enhancing your sports fan experience. Shout out to the yes. good people at Wegren. Support them the way you support us. Retweet, mm-hmm. share, you know, follow us, subscribe to the feed, everything. Thank you all so much for joining us. This is AJ King and Jordan Plain. Yeah, um, I mean, I do, I do think Jason Kidd was, was good for Giannis in that he allowed Giannis to develop his playmaking skills. But it never really worked for anybody else around the team. And now that Bud is, is with the Bucks, they seem to be, you know, playing at a faster pace, much like and it, everybody, you know. And it, yeah, and they didn't even make uh they didn't even make that many personnel changes. I mean, they picked up Ursano Sova, but they didn't um they didn't make too many personnel changes that that would have that would have been like that would have signaled that there would be a drastic change in this team. But the the big personnel signing they signed was uh Mike Mike Bud. So I think that we uh, my team, yeah. we the Milwaukee oh Bucks. God. We oh the Milwaukee my Bucks. Lord. We're gonna. Uh, we, we might take. We might take this Raptors team to seven. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> no, I, uh, I. I agree with you. No, again, it's, it's similar to the Warriors in the 2015 season, 2014, 2015 season. They didn't really make too many uh, moves in the offseason, except for they traded off Mark Jackson for Steve Kerr, and that kind of seemed to be the switch that needed to be flipped for the Warriors. And, you know, they've been a dynasty ever since. And 
the Bucks had similar qualities. Like the Bucks had a roster that a lot of people wanted, right? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, Giannis was definitely. I, I think that coaching job was one of the most coveted because when you got a guy like Giannis, you're starting from you're starting ahead of the gates, basically. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Where Where do you see the Bucks going? First of all, is Giannis an MVP contender? Do you think he wins that award this year or has a chance to? And uh, I think do the a, Bucks and also do the Bucks finish at the top of the East? I think I think the Bucks finish as a top three seed in the East. Okay. I think I I, I put them squarely at two right now. Um, Giannis won't win MVP this season just because I don't know. Is I don't know, man. We we I know we go talk. I know we're gonna talk about Steph, but like that boy is good, bro. But I think that that is the only reason why Giannis. I think Giannis might finish second or third at MVP voting because because he's also being a great facilitator. He's like you're gonna love this. He's like better Russ. Like he's like <laughs> he's just like he's he's. He's all the slash and kick that Rush tries to be, but like way more efficient. Yeah, also just a lot more physically gifted. Um, yeah, you know he he has he has that luxury because he's um you know he's like seven foot t- uh, six foot ten I should say almost seven feet tall and you know with the long arms that allows him to be a slasher and he doesn't necessarily need a jump shot the way Russ kind of needs to start hitting more jump shots or developing a jump shot because. It, his athleticism, once that starts to fade and, you know, obviously he's had multiple issues, you know, with his knees and with his legs, it's going to start to go away for Russ soon. What did you think of, what did you think of Russ getting into it with Pat Bev the other night? That's, that's Pat, Pat Bev's entire game. I think that's why he's in the NBA right now. It's because he can, he's a, he's not, what does Pat Bev do good? Hey, hey, you know what? Here's the thing, right? Here's the thing, right? I appreciate Pat Bev's gangster. I oh appreciate Pat Bev's gangster. He has brought, he's kept this same energy for five years with Russ. So at least it's not like he's yapping in the media and he doesn't bring it to the court. He brings it to the court with Russ. Whereas Russ is kind of like, he be sneak dissing out here a little bit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And he don't really bring it to the court like that. Pat Bev is like, nah, if you going to talk about it, be about it. And I mean, I don't know. Did you think? Did you think the diving on the floor was dirty? I've heard a lot of people say it was dirty. I mean, we we could we can um you know think about what his intent was all we want. It doesn't necessarily look like he was making a play on the ball. Did you did you think that was dirty? It don't look like he was making a play on the ball. But also, I think context matters and the player matters. I think if any other player does that, it might not look as incriminating. But when Pat Bev does it, it's it's gonna look like because we know Pat Bev to be like a scrappy player, so it's it's like if Lance does something like that, we're already gonna be like, oh Lance, Lance trying to get go at his knees. If uh, Zaza, if players who are known for this, <laughs> Dre, we're gonna we're gonna we already put something on these guys. So who I, I miss I miss Zaza with the Warriors, man. I miss Zaza. He was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was very fun. He broke up the Spurs. He couldn't. He couldn't make a layup, but man, he would definitely like knock out your best player. He he, he broke up the Spurs. It's all it's all his fault that Kawhi's not in uh, <laughs> San Antonio anymore. Oh god! So you like that? If that's your thing. Um. Again, I mean, if if that's the way you want to look at it, man. Uh, Zaza did something that. Again, here's the thing with the Warriors, right? A lot of what they do. Um, or people perceive to be dirty from them, like nobody gets mad about it when anybody else does it. Like Julius Randle kicked Draymond Green in the nuts last night. Oh and my god! Nobody said anything. Like, I saw that. That was he was going up anything. to make a shot. He was he was clearly in a shooting motion, and Dray went straight up. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I guess when Dre does it, he's not in a shooting motion. Is that what oh we're saying? God, no. I don't. Drake kicks, Drake kicks, but bro, that's what I was saying though. In 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 the context, is gonna we're gonna say that yeah, Dre was kicking, but out of context, is it might it might not be that dirty, you know? All right, man. Moving on. Um, I wanna I wanna talk about Derrick Rose. Um, I mean, talk about out of left field, Jordan Plain. Oh man. Well, <sighs> okay. Let we can talk about the 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 sports part. Uh. I think Derrick Rose had a 25-point game earlier this season, too. 
So it wasn't necessarily all the way too far out of left field. It was just more that. Well, okay. So, well, the funniest, the, I think the funniest part is, uh, shout out, shout out to the homegirl Tatiana on Twitter, who like jokingly tweeted literally right before the season, if Derrick Rose scores 30, I'll cash at everyone who retweets this a hundred dollars. And like, it became like this running joke and, and uh, it was hilarious to see as his point total was rising last night. She's like, yeah, y'all not getting none of this money. <laughs> um, yeah, but so he drops a 50-burger, which is just unbelievable. Uh, on the Jazz. On the Jazz, though. Let's talk about on the Jazz. Exactly. Um, yeah, just just an unbelievable showing by D-Rose. Yeah, you're right. On the Jazz. That's a top 10 defense that he was facing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, okay. So obviously there there is the point the point of you know just the his the impact on the game that this has. Um, let's start with that before we get any deeper. Um, you know, what where do you feel like it, it comes from the respect that he's obviously garnered throughout the league? Because you know there was an outpouring from everyone. I mean, you're talking the the most prominent players in the game: Steph, Katie. Uh, uh, LeBron James literally said, "I'm ending my press conference uh, early so I can talk about Derrick Rose." Um, so, where where do you feel like he's garnered this respect, and um, you know, what does it say about him that he was able to, you know, overcome all these injuries in his career? I think it's been. I think it's the, one of those stories. We we we. Uh, it, it's one of the tragic stories of the NBA seeing Derrick Rose not hit his full potential. And it's it's really truly like just it has not been fair, you know. Like it's been kind of like cruel a little bit to like see like Derrick Rose like not to be the youngest MVP ever, and then to just not make that into anything. Not make out of first round. Had had to stand with the Knicks. Just couldn't make anything happen. Get gets injured a few more times, and I think it's it's it's. Even before the season, he was like, I'm thinking about retiring. Like, is this something I want to do anymore? Exactly. And then, and then he comes out and puts up a 25 in the game earlier this season and puts a 50 against the Jazz. Like, I think Derrick Rose has the respect in the NBA world because he has put in that work. And even LeBron was saying, like, when I played with him in, in Cleveland for two months after I left, left uh, before I left, uh, he was saying that Derrick Rose – commits to this, you know, like, that puts a lot into his mind and body, and, like, it's it's cool to see Derrick Rose, the player, um, score 50 in a game. Yeah, yeah, and that's where I kind of fell on it, too, um, and again, like you said, LeBron, you know, he, just, he said just, just to play one game, he said you can't imagine the amount of work it takes for someone like Derrick Rose, who's gone through multiple knee surgeries, just to play one game, you can't imagine what it takes for him to to, to get there. So, um, I thought that was you know pretty profound. But you know that's where I fell on it too. Um, I just wanted to you know appreciate it in the moment for this is a a story of perseverance for a guy who's fought back from injuries and you know obviously the emotion from him at the end of the game. He's in tears. His teammates are like you know, jumping up and down and just so happy for him. It, it was amazing to see. But obviously, you know, there was going to be some backlash because, you know, in a lot of people's minds, um, you know, the stuff that's going on off the court with Derrick Rose is still very pop- problematic. And I I mean, yeah. I said it, we, we podcasted last season, um, and I told you there was no way Derrick Rose would make it through the season healthy. And you know, I was right, but um, <laughs> but I told you I don't really feel bad about saying something like that because it's hard to root for a guy when you know he's obviously accused of rape and um, he's caught up in a whole lot of litigation right now for that. And then you know, you know, during the trial and at the end of of the trial, just the the image of him coming out of the courtroom and like laughing and kicking it with George and the judge and, and lawyers. And it's like, man, this is just like, it just feels icky and creepy. And I, I really, my question for you, Jordan, is how do we talk about something like this when something like this happens? Because obviously in the moment, he's going off for 50 points and everybody's going nuts. 
Um, but there's obviously this this like underlying issue of how do we discuss Derrick Rose in a nuanced way without you know offending somebody or without you know triggering somebody who might be watching mm-hmm. and saying I can't believe we're celebrating a rapist right now you know and um and I, I think you know before I let you go like riff on this uh it, you know the the commentary on the Minnesota Timberwolves uh game um yeah. post game yep. just like you know I don't even yeah you know they, those guys Obviously, they did. I think I, I'm asking the question because obviously they didn't know how to talk about it, right? Obviously, yeah. they were like, Yeah, you know, I don't know if he's been convicted, and I just know that he's a scrappy, hard nosed guy. And it's like, we got to find a better way to discuss these things on air. Um, so, you know, how do we, how do we do that? You know, and I mean, like, I guess as a, as Twitter, as, you know, general population, and also as, you know, grand national media. Oh, we we are the media, huh? So we got a podcast. We're the media. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's bro. I am immediately like I see I see Derrick Rose scores fifty points, and then immediately I see why are we celebrating Derrick Rose. He is a rapist, and it's like both those things are true. Both like both of those things are true, and like how like you like do we say Derrick Rose the rapist scored fifty points tonight? Like, is that how we describe his performance? Right. Is is it do we say do we gloss over it? Do we say oh we shouldn't celebrate his fifty point game? Right. I think it's just such an interesting time because I say this all the time, but like before we didn't know this much about our celebrities. We didn't we didn't have to care about it. It was not a it was not a thing people had to care about. I'm not saying that that makes for a better world, but I think it makes uh, for a a more responsible and accountable world. And I think it is good that that there is conversation around Derrick Rose about, yo, you if if you're gonna do some shit, we're gonna talk about it every time you do some up more shit. So it's like, don't. There's not. I don't think it's unfair to say Derrick Rose the rapist score fifty points. I don't think it's unfair. I think I think a, a big thing that that uh, men love to say is, oh, he wasn't convicted, but he but he was there, and he basically said he was there. He said he don't understand what consent is. That that's the one that always kills me. Is I'm just like, you you kind of can't come out and say that, dog. Like that's kind of that's more than problematic, you know. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, just continue, continue. Yeah, and I, I do not think it's unfair. You know, I don't, but I do think that there is do do. All right, do we is is Derrick Rose allowed to do his live his life now? Like, is is he allowed to score fifty points? Like, are we are we, are we allowed to Derrick are Rose? we allowed to celebrate him? Yeah, like, is that okay? And I think person to person, we all make our choices every day, right? And I don't think I think it's different. It's different for me and you to celebrate it, right? Because you. You have a platform that is the mostly sports people. So, like, if you celebrate it, right, it might not be many people who say, like, anything about it. But you have some women who probably would say something about it. Me, I I got a lot of a big art following. So, a lot of those people don't necessarily care. Right. So, like, they – so or they might care a little bit more. Like, if, if I, I do have a big woman following, and I think they might care a little bit more from celebrating the So, it's like – we all make those choices every day, and I don't want to make a rule of it. Like, I don't want to make it say make, – make, Make people say Derrick Rose the rapist score fifty points tonight, right? Because that's that's it's a choice we all make, and I think, but I do I will not say you're wrong if you decide to say it like that. But I do think it's I do think there is do do we have to say it? Do is there is is there is there space for people who who just want to gloss over it? And I think same there is that you make your choice. I know how I always talk about Derrick Rose. I know that it's it's a touchy subject, and I think that Derrick Rose he didn't get convicted, but I think that he he was very guilty of his crimes. And I it's I love seeing Derrick Rose a player score fifty points. I don't like celebrating Derrick Rose the man though. And you so you hit the nail on the head for me right there. And I guess my my next question is: Is there a place for nuance in this? Right. Um, because you, you're right, man. Like I, a lot of the women, um, that I saw discussing 
the topic, you know, they pretty much were like, there's no room for nuance here for me. Like, this dude is problematic. Mm-hmm. I'm not celebrating a problematic person. But uh, that's also, I saw that, you know, a lot of, from a lot of women who weren't necessarily sports fans. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, I, I wish we could have had a woman on here today, actually. Um, I, we've been pretty good on the spectrum at getting, at getting women on here, um, you know, to discuss mm-hmm. a lot of different things. But um, I would really love to, to hear from a, a woman who's a sports fan, you know, and how they feel about the whole situation. Like, is, is there room for nuance for me to say, on one hand, I really love seeing Derrick Rose score 50 as a mm-hmm. sports storyline. Like, that is a true perseverance storyline from a sports perspective. But also, on the other hand, we need to discuss the fact that he's done some very problematic things and we don't really know what this dude is like off the court. Um, yeah. And I guess for me, you know, listening to the, to the T-Wolves broadcast last night, I would have rather those dudes just not have brought anything up. Yeah. You know, cause I, I'm like, well, if you, if you're going to discuss that way um, and say, Oh, he's got a lot of stuff going on off the court. Um, and you know, he hasn't been convicted of anything, you know, I, I would rather you have just left it alone and stuck to stuck to sports as they like to say. Right. Yeah. Um, because I, I just felt like that made it a lot more icky, but I don't know. I mean, you're right. Like we, we do have to make these decisions. Um, definitely a lot of toxicity went on on Twitter with that conversation. And that's why I wanted to bring it up just because, you know, I, I think it's a lot, it, it becomes, uh, a lot more um, we can talk about it in a lot more nuance on a podcast setting when we're actually like talking it out instead of like people yeah. getting mad at each other and um, you know it just turns into a lot of ugliness on Twitter so mm-hmm. um, yeah I don't I don't know is do you feel like there's room for nuance there like can we can we all celebrate them and also say you know but this dude's kind of a stumball I think we I think we can I think I think we are we are in now, with after the Me Too movement, after well, not after, but while we're still living through it, during this Me Too movement, I think my male privilege, my male privilege allows me to say this, but I think there, there is a life to live, you know, after after this. And for a lot of women, there's not a. I say that my male privilege allows me to say this because there's not a a, a a a feasible life to live for a lot of women after after trauma like this, you know? Right. So, like, Derrick Rose gets to, gets to score 50. Right, know? right, right. So, it's like, it, it's tough to, it's tough because you do want people to live their life, you know? You do want people to persevere through things and get over it, and that's why we celebrate, that's why we're celebrating Derrick Rose in the first place is because he persevered through something, right? Right, So, we want to see him persevere through, through his ignorance, through his, uh, I don't, I don't know, through his crime. Through his sexual misconduct, you know, like through these things, I want to name it because I, I I don't want to circle it. Through his rape, like through that, I think that we he should be allowed to live a life after that. I do not know what life is exactly like made for him or like what it should what life should look like for him. Right. But it's it's so interesting. We live in a world where you can rape a woman and then score fifty on the basketball court. <sighs> Yeah, man. Um, well, I mean, that that kind of brings up an, an entirely different point of, you know, that that's why it's, it's kind of a slap in the face when you just bring up, well, well, you know, he wasn't convicted. It's like, yeah, I mean, because a lot of a lot of sexual assault cases come down to he said, she said, and it's hard to, you know, convict somebody in a court of law. But that doesn't mean that you are innocent or that you're not a scumbag um yeah and i think yeah. that's the thing that I, I continue to go back to with d rose um I, I i thought the game was dope i don't really choose to celebrate him you know on this on this whole um existential level of like oh my god look at this amazing story of a person like i don't know that kind of makes me uncomfortable and that's where i have to like pull back and say all right, it was dope that he scored 50, but let's move on to the next, which we will do. Um, again, everybody, appreciate y'all joining us on The Spectrum. Follow us at The Spectrum Pod. Follow Jordan Plane at Jordan Plane, and follow me at allday underscore AJ King. Thank y'all so much. Subscribe, rate, review us, everything like that. Um, Jordan Plane, defense in the NBA. Where, what's that? What's that? <laughs> 
I've not seen any of this. Um, no, 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 no. JaVale had, what, five blocks last night? There we go. Shout out to JaVale, man. Um, <laughs> I, can, can I just tell you, again, as the only man on the JaVale Hive bandwagon, oh my God. I'm just so happy to see my man flourishing out here. I, I will never, I don't think I'll ever forget the day where we, we was, you, you were so hyped that JaVale was getting signed to the Warriors. You were so hyped. I was like, I did not get this. Like, JaVale McGee really, and you was like, no, hear me out. And like, I will never say you're right about most things, but like you was very right about Jamel McGee being a formidable role player. What did I say, man? What did I say? It made so much sense, especially with the Warriors, man. It just made a lot of sense. And of course, he caps off his his time with the Warriors by shooting 80% in the finals. Um, yeah. And now he's in L.A. and... He's like, wow, God. <laughs> so through the first eight or nine games, he's legitimately been, what, the third or fourth best player for Los Angeles? Am I Maybe second, bro. Maybe second, bro. <laughs> like, he's he's been consistent. He's shown up every single game ready to play. He's been – he's might, might be the second best player on that team, bro. I, I have not seen it much from Kuzma, Lonzo, Rondo, Ingram. I have not seen enough for, to say that they're – up to par. I think there's LeBron and then there's JaVale McGee on that team. And that's so crazy. Maybe Lance. And that's another thing is that these signings that we were like, are you sure you want to do this, LeBron? Because LeBron's the GM now. Uh, are you are you sure you want to do this, LeBron? And and LeBron has been proven right. Lance and oh, maybe not Rondo, but Lance and JaVale have been like second and third best players on this team, bro. Yeah, man. And um, I mean, as we, as we get into talking a little bit about defense and it's been it's been quite the interesting season in that the there's been certain rule changes that have helped speed up the pace and a league that was already headed towards mediocre pace stats like um i think one of the wildest things uh you know stat wise is that the seven seconds or less phoenix suns would be the slowest team in the league right now Whoa. So, like, we were already headed to this point, but then you get the rule where now on offensive rebounds, the clock only resets to 14 seconds. Um, and you have these new freedom of movement rules, which, you know, may or may not play a factor in the playoffs because it seems to always be that no matter what in the postseason, the holding and grabbing starts to go uncalled. Mm -hmm. Um but with all these advancements, um, it's been amazing to see games played in the 120s and 130s every night. And the Lakers yeah. are a prime example of that. The Lakers have the seventh best offense in the league right now. They're, they're seventh in offensive efficiency. And, you know, it's been amazing to see them do that without shooters. But they're getting yeah. to the rim. They're at the top of the league in paint points. And it, it's amazing that as everybody's kind of zigged, they've zagged. And I honestly mm -hmm. think, um, obviously, the record doesn't show it right now, the three and five. Um, but I think it was a smart idea in that I don't think what these other teams are doing as far as uh, trying to outrun the Warriors and outshoot them is going to work when they, you know, you can't, you can't out-Warriors the Warriors. No, no. No. And so it's been it's been amazing to see, you know, just the way the Lakers have been able to, uh, you know, make this make this engine kind of roll on the offensive end. But, you know, obviously on the other side, they can't defend anybody. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? They, they just can't defend anybody. What did you think of the Lakers and the Mavs? I mean, the Lakers pretty, pretty much tried choked. to blow that game. And, they choked. Oh, and my then, gosh. And then Wesley Matthews. What is – I don't know, man. I don't know. My that's my that's also my team, the Mavs. That's my that's my team for everybody listening. That is my team. Every week I got a different team, but the Mavs are forever my team. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> um yeah, and, and we choked we we blew that. We we came back and we blew that game. And you follow LeBron. I don't know. I guess LeBron's not efficient from the three point I mean from free throw free throw line, but that's not He's not Hackershack. You can't just put him in the line. <laughs> no, it was a boneheaded play by Wes Matthews. But when Brian stepped to the line and bricked the first one, I was like, this guy. <laughs> I had all the heat ready. Uh... I had the clip loaded if he had missed the second free throw. Um, 
you know, they're they were just lucky to to finish that game. I appreciate that Luke Walton has come out and um he's come out with with something of a a positive outlook on everything so far this season. Um he said he's he was happy with the team's performance, but you know, they just have to learn how to close better. Um which is a it's a positive spin on it. What do you make of what do you make of the Lakers right now in that in this time of uh, them, them trying to figure things out as a team, uh, you know, versus the fact that they don't really have a whole lot of time to figure things out in the Western Conference when you're facing a gauntlet every night and two or three games could, you know, decide your seeding at the end of the season. That's, I think that is the most interesting thing about the West is that there's, like you we've been talking about this with LeBron, but there's no nights off. Like, you can't those games are going to be so crucial at the end of the season. And you don't want, you don't want your April legs to, to be the reason that you ain't making it to the playoffs. You want, you want your, you want, you want to be winning when you got October. I mean, November legs, October legs. Like you don't want to, it's no, it's no reason to, um, it's no reason to think you these games don't matter. I think because it's so early in the season that it's easy to be like, you know, this is, this is not the crunch time, but it is. Cause if you need two games and you lost one, you lost one to the Lakers because you fouled them. That's gonna hurt the Mavs. Yep, yep. And and the and the Lakers, the Lakers go on the road next to face uh, to face Portland, a team they've already lost to, and then they come back home to face a team in Toronto that has been one of the best teams in the entire league so far. Um, I the Lakers. I mean, I I have I have uh, I have you know, something to at least be positive about. They've obviously been a lot better than last season. They've been competitive in literally every single game they've played this year. Um, yeah. But they just haven't necessarily closed very well. Mm-hmm. But it gets scary, man. I said, obviously, I've I've been on Lakers Island here saying they'll make the Western Conference Finals. Um, how do you how do you feel about that? I mean, is is it still a chance that the Lakers get a top four seed in the West? Um, I don't, I don't know. It's it's not looking, I thought that the pieces would be together by now, but I guess the thing about it is we, we're still looking at second, third year guys. This is not like fourth or fifth year guys. Well, I think Brendan Ingram might be in his what, fourth year now? Yeah, it's the fourth year for him. So Brendan Ingram should be making that leap, but he's not. But these other guys are now on a trajectory that they, they might not be ready for. They might not. They might not be ready to be on LeBron's level of like excellency this year. So it's it's gonna be interesting to see if these guys can grow up fast, or or they, this year might not just not might not be the year they even make out make it out the first or second round. Jordan. I do not. I do not. Know, if they grow up fast enough, I think they can make it to the Western Conference Finals. But I do not know. If this, these guys are gonna grow up that fast, Jordan Plain is LeBron James still in his prime? Hmm. Interesting question. I, I, I. Okay. So before you answer, I preface that to say, the stats are still generally the same, right? Yeah. If you're looking at the counting numbers, right? Um, mm-hmm. he's averaging he's averaging you know, twenty seven eight and eight. So those those mm-hmm. are right on par with his career averages. Um, mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's, he's still, you know, LeBron James on offense. He still garners that, you know, attention and respect, but he doesn't play defense ne- nowhere near the way he played defense when he was in Miami. Um, a lot of times he's coasting on defense and, you know, he would just generally play like a center fielder on defense and kind of just roam around. Even in crunch time, he's not running out and getting guys at the three-point line. Um, I don't think he also is as dominant as he once was anymore on the offensive end. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't think he strikes fear in people. Um, is he still in his prime? I don't know if this is if this is the LeBron James that we can expect to at the end of the season. Will Los Angeles to wins? If they need them to get into the playoffs, is LeBron James on his prime? I I could I could make the argument that he's not, Jordan. The thing about it is, right? I would take 
I would take uh, this LeBron over a lot of players, though. But is he in his prime? I don't know because it's hard to say with LeBron. Who else has had a 12-year prime? Like who else? Like who else has been their prime for this long? Right. It's not even fair to like LeBron's have been out of his prime five years ago. If we're keeping it to like regular what regular players do, right, right. But like, I I don't know. Is is are we defining is he able to go for fifty any given night? I I don't know. Here's I don't know about fifty, but I definitely think we'll definitely see a forty-five point LeBron performance this year. Here's here's my thing, and that's that's also very debatable. Um, uh-huh. Here's my thing. I think people are seeing the numbers and, you know, holding that up as their pedestal. And mm-hmm. instead of really looking at it and realizing he's in year 16, mm-hmm. he doesn't move the way he once moved. Um, he probably has to do, you know, kind of like what he said about Derrick Rose. He probably has to do a lot more to get ready for a game than he used to. Yeah. Um, he's not He's not scaring anybody. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he's out here garnering a double team or anything like that. He, he he doesn't scare teams the way that he once did. And I think we are kind of tricking ourselves into this like not it's I don't I don't want to put this put it this way, but I might as well, for lack of a better term, this LeBron myth of he's invincible forever. And I don't think it's a bad thing to say that he's not in his prime. Um you know, I think I think a prime LeBron James 2011-2012, if you dropped him on this team in the Western Conference, I think they'd be soaring to a top four seed. I don't even think it would be an, a question. But I but, think with this LeBron James, he's he's not necessarily there anymore. If if that's what, if that makes sense, I think I. Th- I think the, it's tough because what more could he do, right? Do you want him? Do you want him to score eight more points a game, or do you want him to? Do you want him to make Brandon Ingram somehow magically be a a good second strength, good strength, second player on that team? Like, what more could LeBron do to make this team better? He can't teach these guys how to shoot. Like, I don't. I feel you that LeBron might not be in his prime, right? But I do not know. What else? I don't know if if you drop a 2011 LeBron on this team is is it is it a? I think I think, and this is me. So people often say that I attack LeBron James. This is me being. <laughs> you do. <laughs> this is me being very complimentary of LeBron, right? Um, do I think LeBron would have been as successful? Um, as he was if he had played in the Western Conference his whole career? No, I don't. I really don't. Um, But do I think he would have been able to navigate the West a lot better in his prime prime? I really do. Um, I This is a tough conversation, right? Because it sounds like deprecating of LeBron, like LeBron's not who he used to be. Yeah, no, that's not what I'm trying to do. Yeah. But but I think there... The thing about it is, I want. I don't care if LeBron's out of his prime. I want. I don't care if you. I don't care if you're 55. If you can drop 27, 8, and 8 in the in the NBA, I want you on my team. For sure, for sure. And I think that is the tough thing. That's. I think the thing about it is, every player. He's in year 16, bro. Like I, I can't. I. Can't, I would have said in year 12 he was out of his prime. Like once he went back to Cleveland, I'd have been like. Yeah, LeBron's out of his prime, but like, no, he still ended up winning a championship in Cleveland. I don't know if it's hard to say with LeBron, bro. It's really hard because like, when he's actually when he, I think when he's like definitely out of his prime and he's doing like twenty five and five games, I think then I'll be way more willing to say it. But like, as long as he's still dropping those numbers, again, they are counting stats, but. In, I think- in the era, okay, here's here's my challenge for the numbers, right? In the era of pace and space, and we just talked about it, teams are playing at ungodly paces right now, going up and down the floor. Um, a lot of teams are saying, why even play defense when we can outscore you? Mm-hmm. It It becomes increasingly more 
possible for a guy who's not in his prime but is still as physically gifted as LeBron to put up these type of numbers. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, we talk about it with Kevin Durant on the Warriors sometimes. It's increasingly easy for Kevin Durant to score his 30 a game. Very easy. You know what I'm saying? Very, very easy. To get eight points a quarter for KD is nothing for him, a guy of his skill level. Um, Now, I still think KD is in the prime of his career, obviously. But, yeah. again, for a guy like LeBron in his 16th year and so many miles on him. Um, 16 years. And he's at, I don't know, I, this is not, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily brought up to attack him. Um, mm. It was just to explain the fact that I'm not necessarily sure that this Lakers team is going to cap out where I feel like they should. Um, but yeah. we have such a long season to go through. Um, the Lakers. Yeah. The Lakers have played eight games. So, you know, we've still got a whole grind to go through. But I just that, – that's not kind of an observation I'm making. It could also be something where LeBron is just feeling things out right now. Yeah, and I think – that's why I'm like, all right, I would I would be willing to say it if if I seen those numbers. Because he won't if, – if he's out of his prime, he won't be able to sustain those numbers. I think that right now is when LeBron can kind of do his most work. But if, if it drops to, like, 21 points a game, bro, I will – be more than willing to say that LeBron's out of his prime, but like, it's it's not easy for me to write off LeBron at all. Right. Um. So you know, speaking speaking of LeBron and great players and all that, um, let's talk about the Golden State Warriors and the NBA scoring leader Stephen Curry, uh, averaging thirty three points a game. You gonna skip over over the real Splash Brothers? Clay, you gonna forget about his fifty, his fifty point? Oh man, we. I mean, we. They played a whole other game since then. Let's touch on. <laughs> let's touch on. But let's touch on. Let's touch on Clay real quick. Uh, what did you? What did you think about the fourteen threes? Um, what I mean, first of all, he came into that game against the Bulls shooting five of thirty six from three point land. Um, and as soon as he hit his first two, the entire bench bench exploded, and the Warriors basically were like, "We're looking for Clay tonight." And Clay not only made an NBA record 14 threes, which broke Stephen Curry's NBA record of 13 threes, but he shot an NBA record 24 threes because his teammates were trying to find him so much. Um, what does that say? I mean, because that's their third option. <laughs> <laughs> This team has a lot of weapons, and when your third, when your third option, your third option, can hit fourteen threes, I think you're in a good. I think you're in a good spot. I think you might be a championship championship team, don't you think? Man, um, the Warriors are averaging a hundred and twenty point three points per hundred per per uh, one hundred possessions. That's tops in the league thus far in the first three weeks. Um, they're playing at an absolutely um, ungodly level right now. Obviously, Steph is playing back at MVP status. He's averaging 33 a game. He dropped 37 on 20 shots last night against New Orleans uh, back home uh, at Oracle Arena. Um, obviously, he had the 50 ball earlier in the season, and he's Jordan playing. Stephen Curry is on pace. He's, Stephen Curry is the only player in NBA history, history to hit 300 threes. Mm-hmm. He's the only player in NBA history to hit 400 threes. Uh-huh. And he's on pace to hit 500 threes this season. 500 threes. He's shooting 50%. He's shooting from 50% three. from downtown. Like they twos. Like they're like they Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, guys don't even shoot that from two. It's it's unbelievable, man. He's He's playing at a level I almost want to say that. Have you ever even shot 50% while you were shooting around, AJ? Like, have you ever shot 50%? Like, of all the girls you try to talk to, are you 50% (laughs) on those shots? I'm far far below 50%. (laughs) Far below. Bro. Um... It's, it's unbelievable. I'm not sure we've seen Steph even play at a level like this. Um, obviously, he had an amazing season, 2015-16. Um, but when he's playing at a level like that, and then you get KD again, who is just an automatic 30 hopping out of the bed, and Clay is starting to heat up. Draymond Green said this week that he's gunning for uh, NBA Defensive Player of the Year again. He had another monstrous defensive game last night, a couple – couple assists shy of a triple-double. 
When all these guys are clicking on all cylinders like this, it's just so hard to beat them. And then you get to the point where we talked about earlier where, you know, everybody is trying to mimic the Warriors and shooting a million threes, going up and down, increasing the pace. And Kevin Durant said it feels like they don't even have to play defense anymore because they just know they can outscore guys now because everybody's playing at their pace. And and this it, it, it's not even it's not even you can't out warrior out warriors the warriors and I think that's just the wrong thing to do you gotta I think most teams just roll over right now but I think if you're gonna try just don't do what they're doing um so like, don't 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 try to you you're not gonna beat the warriors at their own game they have the best players to do that right. Like they was, they went from Harrison Barnes. That was who they had. <laughs> to KD. I don't even remember what it was to like. Katie, like, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't even remember what it was like watching that team with Harrison Barnes. Like, what was that like? It was still a pretty good team. Harrison <laughs> Barnes is, is a pretty good player. It was a pretty good team. It just was not this. It was they. They were built for for to have a guy like Harrison Barnes who could who could stress the floor. Who got long arms, can play defense, can uh, run the floor, can shoot a little bit, but then they got a guy with the longest arms, who can space the floor like no other, who can really shoot the ball. I, I you can, you're not about to beat the team at their own game because they they have the the best players, they have the cheat codes, they have everything. You're not about to beat the team doing doing what they do. I'm hoping I'm hoping that they stay together. I've been. I've been trumpeting that. Um, obviously, we have no idea what Katie's going to do. I think it's been I think it's been really funny over the last couple of weeks. Um, the overt recruiting we've seen. Uh, Clay hit the 14 threes, and LeBron is um, like on Instagram liking liking Clay's pictures, and he's like on Twitter like, "Oh, congrats, Clay! You're the dopest, flyest shooter of all time." Um, mm-hmm. So some of this overt recruiting has been hilarious. Um, last night, obviously, Draymond was caught on camera, uh, you know, just all in Anthony Davis's ear. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of speculation on where AD will be playing in 2021 when his contract is up. Um, this is I don't know why Boogie would do, would do that, because if, if they can get AD, Boogie is not going to make that roster. Um, I don't, I don't know how the boogie thing is going to play out, um, next season. I feel like, so obviously the Warriors are going to want to try to retain Katie and Clay, right? But maybe if one of those guys decides they leave, maybe that opens up some space. One of those guys, what guy is going to leave? I, I don't know. I, I, okay. (laughs) I think, I think Clay Thompson is a lock to stay with the Warriors, right? Yes. Very much He was saying that, why would I leave? my family yeah um that and he's talked about the importance of you know the warriors dynasty and the imprint on the game and how that's more important to him than having his own team um clay's clay gets it man clay knows his limitations the kd thing seems a little murky maybe if those if one of those two guys or both of those guys leave that might open up some space for the warriors to say all right demarcus we're trying to bring you back, but it seems to me like this is a one-year rental, right, with, with Boogie? It's feeling like it. I mean, they there won't be – there's not going to be space for Boogie, a, a, a big a big Boogie contract. Right. A Boogie was signed for the same thing he signed for again. Right. You right. know, and I don't I don't think a healthy Boogie is going to do that. Right. I don't think – a Boogie with, Boogie with a ring is not going to try, be trying to do that. But I think Boogie – Boogie, I don't know. I don't know where else he goes. Like, I, I, I think this Warriors experiment might work, but like, even Boogie was not. Boogie was always a great player, but never a great teammate. So, like, I don't know exactly who else would want him. I think that's why the Warriors got him, because it was like I don't know about Boogie, and I don't. I don't even think winning a ring would prove it for a lot of people, for a lot of GMs. I think Boogie's still a. You could. I mean, look at the Pelicans. Like, the Pelicans got better without Boogie. Um, I think he's going to prove this year, and this is part of the rehab, the rehab thing, right? He's not only rehabbing his body, he's rehabbing, rehabbing his image. He's going to prove this year that he's, he's a decent teammate. And he's been one of the main guys up cheering on the bench thus far during, uh, Curry's 51 and Clay's 52. Um, so I think that could help rehab his image. 
Um, but I guess that's that's you know it, it's never too early to talk about free agency, and it's been really interesting never. seeing guys. Kitty gone. I mean, it's possible. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna say it's impossible with KD, despite the fact that I don't see a, a plausible space for him to go to. Um, but it's it's gonna be interesting. LeBron is angling really hard to get one or two superstars, and I think that's gonna be the biggest thing. Right? This is kind of a test year for LeBron. He might go. He might try to go get Boogie. What? Well, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that fits, but it might be. It might be the only thing left. I guess we can wrap up on this, right? Mm-hmm. With LeBron James, you know, clearly in his recruiting bag right now. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if he can get guys, you know, in this era to come play with him. Um, shout out to my boy Big Waz. Who, who made the point that, you know, when LeBron went to play in Miami, it was with Wade and Bosch, but those were his boys already. Right, right, right. And when he came back to Cleveland, Kyrie was already there, and Kyrie was not trying to play with him. And the yeah, only person the- they really got or convinced to come, quote-unquote, uh, and it was via trade, was Kevin Love. So. Right. It's not like there's been a whole lot of guys out here who have just been clamoring to play with LeBron James. So I'm I'm intrigued to see where that's headed. Right. You know. Um I I it's becoming more and more apparent that a lot of guys don't would would rather be comfortable than play with LeBron, you know. I think it's hard to it's hard to quantify the pressure of playing with LeBron, but you see it when when with Kyrie, you see it with a lot of guys. You see that a lot of a lot of people ain't necessarily cut to to go play with a guy who's gonna make who's gonna just bring a circus. Right. So it's it's it's. I'm I'm very excited to see um what Le, if LeBron could do anything, but I really think I'm I'm very pro after after seeing this whole um, Warriors thing play out. I'm very pro build up the young guys, y'all. Y'all picked in the first round three three years in a row. I think I mean picked in the top ten three years in a row. Build around those guys that you got. It, the more you the more you don't trust your, the guys that you have, the more it puts it, it, it makes you it makes you look bad. Like with the Warriors this all season really has like been messing with me because I'm like, y'all had a y'all have a good team. I know y'all it might feel like y'all need some some more pieces, but you got guys rookie year second year basically playing playing in the NBA and. They're, one of the guys average a triple double, and then your other guys put, put up twenty and ten. So it's like, why are you angling to get a star when you got two stars? Right. Yeah, man. It's, it should be it should be fun to see. Uh, appreciate you coming on here with me, Jordan. You know what I'm saying uh, we got our we got our takes off today. Um, everybody, check us out. Dropped the episode earlier in the week with Ryan Donnelly, Ohio State writer. We talked about the college football rankings. We'll be back soon. This has been episode 41 of The Spectrum. And we are out.